Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, coach, mentor, slash tormentor, John Obolewski. How are you today, John? Jim, I'm doing well. Good to join you again in our virtual studio today. Yeah, and today we got a special treat for everybody that has been a regular listener. It's been really rare that it's been anybody besides you and I discussing, you know, local topics and leadership issues and so forth. And today we are blessed with a, a guest, and her name is Jenny Ketron. And uh, Jenny is a, a leadership coach, author, speaker. Uh, her passion, as we know, is, is to lead well and to inspire, equip, and encourage others to do the same. She speaks at conferences, churches nationwide seeking to help others develop their leadership gifts and lead confidently in the different spheres of influence God has granted them. And she is also founder and CEO of Foresight, the number four, and then the word Sight, Foresight Group, the Foresight Group. She consults uh, organizations on leadership team, culture, and organizational health. Welcome, 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 Jenny. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. I, I know that John and you have a, a kind of, he's read your book. Uh, he's been talking about you and excited so I'm going to turn this over to John to ask you some questions. Sounds great. So Jenny, I've been reading your, your book, The Four Dimensions of Extraordinary Leadership. And uh, uh, Jim and I would like to focus the session on the book primarily. But before we dive into the book, um, I'd like you to tell us your story. You know, how, sure. did, you, how did you arrive uh, at your current assignment? Sure, sure. Yeah. And I'll try to give the, the briefest version of this I can. But uh, you know, I grew up in the Midwest. I'm a Wisconsin girl, and my family came to faith when I was about eight years old. So I was old enough to recognize the significance of the church in our life, in our story, but still young enough that I can say I kind of grew up in the church. Uh, and so my family came to faith, got super involved in our local church. And it was just, you know, just that was just a part of my life and my story. But I uh, had ambitions to go work in the Christian music business in Nashville, Tennessee. And that was my dream job as a little girl. I didn't really know what they did at record companies. I knew I wasn't talented enough to be an artist and a musician myself, but I wanted to be in that world and in that space some way. And I had I'd stumbled upon the fact that I had the spiritual gifts of leadership and administration. And I really wanted to be you know, thoughtful in how I what work I did. And I thought this is a great place for me to mix my passion of music with my admin and leadership gifts and uh, working for a Christian record company. So that is, I went to Nashville, um, went to school in Tennessee, college in Tennessee, got a job at a record company and did that for the first nine years of my career and just had a blast. Was a part of an incredible culture, some remarkable leaders who really invested and developed me. And I would say that's when I really developed the passion of leadership because I was under such phenomenal leaders. And like in hindsight, now I'm like that 20 year old uh, self in me had no idea the gift of great leaders that I had in that season. That's not what a lot of us, you know, uh, the experience many of us have. But I did. I had a wonderful group of leaders that I was able to work with just learned a ton, developed really that passion for leadership. And then my husband and I were a part of a church plant uh, in Nashville. And um, as it was growing, it was a, you know, a church plant that grew pretty rapidly. And about four years, four or five years into uh, the church um, life, they invited me to come on staff as executive director. So I went into full-time ministry at that point, 
radical like career shift for me. I call it kind of a crisis of purpose moment because since I was 13, I wanted to work in the music business and then I felt God calling me into ministry and I had to reconcile all of that, which is a story for another day. Um, I actually talk about that part of the story in my first book, Clout, and uh, just of that like understanding of your influence and how God has wired you and gifted you and how that can show up sometimes in different places. And uh, so I went into ministry full-time, served as executive director at Cross Point Church for nine years, mm. and then executive pastor at Menlo Church out in California for two years. And then um, all, of, all things kind of converged. I was writing and speaking, and that was really kind of a reaction to the places, the doors that God was opening for me, but it really was just, I kind of rediscovered some of the passions that I had always had interest in, but didn't know would become a part of my story. And uh, the real driving passion there was to equip leaders. And uh, so I started Foresight with the purpose of cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. I have a deep passion to say, I want leaders to lead well. I want leaders to be well-equipped because when we're healthy and we're well, our organizations can flourish. If we're not healthy and we're not well, our organizations are not going to flourish. And uh, so that's, that's how I spend my days now. I'm, I'm starting to see why you and John are friends and why you're a guest. Some of the, the exact language you use is the exact language I've heard John use when he's been uh, coaching me and coaching others that, you know, helping people stay healthy and leading well. And yeah. this doesn't have to be a, a death march. This can actually be a, you know, something that, that you can stay in for the long haul. Something you yeah. said that, that really strikes uh, a chord in me is you talk about excellent leadership. You talked about, I was under some really excellent leaders. Could you, could you just yeah. kind of expand on it a little bit? What do you mean by, when you say an excellent leader, what, give us some points. What is an excellent leader? Yeah, you know, it really was, as I reflect in hindsight, uh, you know, a leader who challenged me, stretched me, believed in me, uh, cared about me, you know, and I know we're going to talk a little bit in a little bit about the four dimensions, uh, which is the book I wrote. And a lot of my experience in those early days with those, those leaders for, uh, influenced that framework of leadership that I created, not really created, um, uh, drew from the scripture and, you know, uh, pulled out this framework for leadership. But it was just that. It was that I had a mix of leaders because they were not, uh, I actually was talking to one of my former bosses just a week or so ago. So we still stay in touch, but this was, you know, my first boss out of college. And he would throw me into opportunities that were well beyond my experience. And, and I, we, we were reflecting on this one situation because I was supposed to go to Chicago with one of our recording artists and uh, nobody from her management company could come. And so, and she was young. I was, I think I was 23. Like I was super young and her manager was kind of a tough dude. And so if the, this, if this trip didn't go well, we would have heard about it as a company. And I just remember Greg, who is my, my boss taking me into his office saying, Hey, you know, we want you to do this trip. Here's what you need to do. He gave me some very clear direction and expectation. And without saying it in so many words, he was like, don't screw this up. <laughs> you know, um, because I knew the consequences if this didn't go well. But, but what he did, even in all that tenor, like he put, he put the uh, pressure and the expectation on me, but he also demonstrated that he believed in me. So it, it, there, was a t there was a balance in his style. And again, I say that goes a lot to what we talk about in the four dimensions of he was a relational leader, he was a spiritual leader, he was a strategic leader, and he was a visionary leader. Mm -hmm. And he really like 
all of those things showed up. I knew he cared about me. And I also knew he cared about the success of this trip and that I needed to recognize the, the responsibility I was being given. So it, I think great leaders, I think extraordinary leaders do both and. They care about you as the individual, but they hold you accountable and they resource you and they equip you, but they, um, they, they make sure that you recognize the responsibility you've been given and, and help you succeed in that as well. That's so good. Uh, Jenny, as you were talking, it, it just occurred to me that great leadership begets great leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that the, the, the people of God has put in our life that have paved a way for us. I, I'm so grateful uh, oh. for those men and women that God has put in my life that have shown me the way. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so that, that came out to me. So Jenny, as I was reading your book, one of the things that really just stuck out to me is your passion for being a great leader. And, um, and I wondered, you know, where do you find the motivation to keep growing and keep mm -hmm. learning? Where do you discover that? How do you tap into that? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I love that that's part of your takeaway from the book is that passion for great leadership. Cause I just, I'm super grieved by the fact that we can have people in power and positions of leadership who, who don't, uh, don't recognize the sacred work leadership is. That's kind of the, the, the premise for me is that leadership is a sacred responsibility. And so if I unpack this a little bit, the word leadership for me, I think leadership begins with influence. John Maxwell says that as well. Leadership begins with influence. But that word influence, if you look at it closely, it means the power to change or affect someone. And I remember the first time I stumbled upon that definition of influence it kind of halted me because I was like, you know what, if, if, if when I have influence in someone's life, and that doesn't necessarily mean a position of influence, a, a position in, we all have influence with one another. You guys are influencing the folks that listen to this podcast week in and week out, right? We have influence with a lot of people in our lives. And if that means I have the power to change or affect them, that's a, that's a big deal. It's really sacred work. And so that's kind of the driving thing behind me, because if I'm honest, I have some, I'm really fortunate. I had some remarkable leaders, especially early on who poured into me and invested in me. And I think that is a great deal why I'm the leader I am today. But I also had some poor leaders in my story as we all have, right? People yeah. who had a position of influence that did not steward it well and actually caused harm. That right. power, it changed and affected me, but not for good. And so that's the driver for me is that there is, I've got to live with that conviction that if I have influence, which we all do, we all have varying degrees of influence, but if I have influence, then I have, it's a very sacred privilege. It's a sacred mm -hmm. responsibility. So I have to keep that front and center for me. Um, and then the stories motivate me, you know, it's the, it's the, and they don't come right away, by the way. So I told you I was on the phone with Greg, who was the president of Forefront way back in the day. And we're, we're on the phone talking about something else that came up a couple weeks ago. And I said, hey, Greg, I just want to say thank you again, because I probably didn't say thank you when I was 23 and thought that I was a big shot. But because of your influence, because of your investment, because of how you challenged me, because of how you spoke into me, because you believed in me, I, I am doing what I'm doing now. And so you know, fast forward 20 years and I'm finally saying thank you, right? <laughs> you know, but, but those, when those moments do come and I'll have, you know, uh, people that I've mentored 20 years ago myself who will circle back and say, hey, I just want to say thank you. You challenged me, you pushed me, but you believed in me. Thank you for that. 
Um, and, and I do have to, one of the things I have to do is, you know, when every day when I'm looking at my schedule and I see, oh, I'm going to do a podcast interview, I'm going to do a coaching call with one of my clients. I'm going to speak to a staff team this week. Um, I, I just, I, I, I try so hard because it's easy to let all of that stuff just become part of what we do, just the rhythm of work. And I work really hard to find, be grateful for every, every person I get to engage with. Uh, and try to keep that front and center. Don't get it right probably most of the time. But keeping myself focused on this is a this is a, this is a privilege. This is what I prayed for. This is mm-hmm. this is what I asked God to enable me to do. And um, so it, it, I mean, I, I pers- you have to fight for perspective. I think this is the shorter way for me to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you mentioned that that he. Your, your boss, Greg, put you in a kind of a scary place. It was uncomfortable. It yeah. was new. It was weighty. It was important. And you weren't necessarily ready. And I, when I introduce John, I, I often will do it by saying our, our, our friend, coach, counselor, comforter, mentor, tormentor. Uh-huh. I, I think a manager, his job is to kind of make everybody happy. But a leader's job is not to make everybody happy all the time. It's to, it's to bring out the best of, of them. Yes. And you mentioned four principles in your book. You actually mentioned them very briefly, but I think. I think it'd be good to be, take just two or three minutes and, and tell us again these four things because I, I, I didn't have a chance to write them down in my head. I didn't get a picture associated with them. So sure. what, are the, what are the four principles again? Yeah. And so the, the basis for the four dimensions of leadership is it's rooted in the great commandment where Jesus tells us to love God and love others with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what I was discovering as a leader is that there was this relational piece of leadership that was essential. I had to build relationship to earn the right to have influence, right? Um, that there's a spiritual dimension as a person of faith, whether I'm leading in the marketplace or I'm leading in ministry, there's still a spiritual side of who I am as a leader that should show up. (laughs) People should know that I'm a follower of Jesus just by how I lead them, whether it's that's overt or not. Um, And then there's a strategic side. There are things to do. We are in, especially in a work context, we have a job to do. There's, there's stuff we need to do, but then there's this visionary piece that is we've got to remind people of where we're going and why we're going there. And so those were four things I was wrestling with and just trying to uh, find a balance in my own leadership. And in the book, I go into how I made a mess of a lot of my early leadership moments. I still make messes of my leadership moments, but they were disproportionately more in the younger version of myself. And, uh, and how I was really fighting for what does a healthy, God-honoring framework of leadership look like? And so. Um, uh, as I'm reading the great commandment, Jesus says, love God, love others with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I really live, had the conviction that leadership is about others. It is not about me. It is about others. So that's that love others component. And so there with heart, soul, mind, and strength, I found the, the relational, the spiritual, the strategic, and the visionary. They aligned because the implication of that passage is that we're supposed to love God and love others with our whole self. So heart, soul, mind, and strength is our whole being. And all of that should show up in leadership. Uh, and so that, that became the framework. And now that's the lens that I engage every opportunity I can to say how, when I'm showing up as a leader, how do I make sure that I'm showing up with those four dimensions, heart, soul, mind, and strength, because then my whole self is showing up. And I think I, I'm honoring God better and I'm loving and serving others better when all of me shows up in leadership. That's so good. You know, Jenny, I, I, um, 
I think the great commandment is not only a, a recipe for amazing leadership. <clears throat> we also believe that it's a, a recipe for health, uh, yes. just personal health, you know, to yep. love God with your whole heart, uh, to love people. And then Jesus says to love people as, or in the same manner as you love yourself. And so we kind of tack that third piece on there. Yeah. And, and those three dimensions uh, really set the stage for us to be healthy in our personal life. And, and I love that you use the same commandment to talk about these dimensions of leadership. It just, I got excited when I read that because I thought we talk about that so much at Converge Coaching. I love it. And uh, I didn't realize until I started reading the book that you were using the great commandment uh, as well. Jim, I think you have one more question uh, for Jenny as we start to wind down here. Yeah, I, my question, I, I'm sure a lot of people by now are asking this question, uh, how do we get in touch with you? How do we get your materials? How do we continue a, a dialogue or a conversation with, uh, you know, with you? How do we contact yeah. you? Yeah, well, um, easy. And my website is getforesight.com. It's the word get and the number four and the word site.com. And uh, so that's one of the easiest ways to get connected. Uh, and also I'm just Jenny at getforesight.com is my email address. And so that is also just an easy way to, um, to find me. And then we, we do have an, uh, an assessment and I don't, we can, um, we can talk about that, but there's an assessment for the, um, uh, the four dimensions to kind of help you understand, well, how do I lead as a leader? Um, and, uh, and so you can, I'm pulling that up so I can give you the right number because I'm going to do it for my memory and then I'm going to forget, but you can just text. <laughs> That's the worst, right? You'll like give somebody all the wrong information, um, but you can text uh, four dimensions, the number four and the word dimensions to this number, which is 773-770-4377. And that'll give everybody access to the, uh, an assessment that says, well, how do I lead? How am I doing as a leader when it comes to these four dimensions of leadership? And uh, what I dis I've discovered is that all of us lead with one or two of them more naturally. And then we have to develop, you know, so for me, I'm very strategic. So mind and strength, the, the strategy and the vision come naturally, but the heart and soul, I can kind of sometimes in my drivenness can overlook. And uh, so that assessment just gives you a quick look at how do you naturally lead as a leader so you can see where your growth opportunity is. So, so Jenny, I, I ended up taking that assessment. Did uh, you? And I want to just, I want to just reinforce what you said. It was so insightful and so helpful. And I realized, Good. yeah, there are certain things that just are more natural for me as a leader and others that I have to, I, I have to work harder at. But uh, I want to encourage anybody who's listening to the podcast today to take Jenny up on that. It's a wonderful tool. And uh, I think it will be extremely helpful to you. So Jim, I'm going to kick it back over to you. Yeah, I, one of the things that as we kind of close out this podcast that I'm, I'm consistently impressed with is that people that, that are developing leaders like to network with people that are developing leaders. Mm -hmm. by, by promoting what Jenny's doing, you know, if this were, if we were selling cheeseburgers, you know, then, then Burger King just gave up a market share to McDonald's. But when the, when the concern is helping people live the life that God created them to live in a way that's meaningful and healthy, um, there is no end of, of people wanting to cooperate and help each other help people do that. So I want to applaud both of you for your, your ability to, to allow 
each other's, you know, uh, oh, I don't know, clients or interested mm-hmm. people to say, go, go to her site, go to his site. I think that's awesome. So mm-hmm. on behalf of, of John Opaluski and uh, Converge Coach Jenny, we are just so glad you could spend this time with us. We are going to come to a close here. But Jenny, if you'll stick around, can we do one more podcast for next week? Absolutely. All right. We have a verbal commitment, which is binding in the state of Michigan. <laughs> and, and <laughs> there all we go. Places. So we, we, have a, we have a verbal contract. So God bless you guys. We hope that this has been a blessing and these insights have helped you to lead in a healthy way as long as God would call you and, and with a real joy in your heart to serve him and serve others. So on behalf of John Opaluski, Jenny and myself, God bless you. And we hope that you'll continue to lead from a life.